Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. <laughs> His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Thanks so much, Darlene. It is Catch and Shoot 2.0. Coming up on today's show, we talk with the one and only Josh Robbins, who covers the Orlando Magic for the Athletic. We'll talk about some interesting rookie-scale extensions that that club gave out. We're also going to give you our NBA predictions as the season kicked off on Tuesday night. But before we get to all that, it is time to welcome in the one and only. His name is Otto Strong. Otto, how's it going, my man? Uh, how many shopping days are left before Christmas? <laughs> not enough. Not enough. Although, I will say this. My shopping is done. Screw you. E-commerce, e-commerce is a tremendous thing, man. You just like go on there and you add to cart yeah. and then it gets shipped to you. Yeah. I ordered a bunch of stuff and it either didn't arrive, isn't what it looked like, or it's the wrong size. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of screwed. Well, that's why you get the return policy. Yeah, but I'd like to, you know, so I got to check the return it, slips are for. Yeah, but you have to give something, you have to produce something. So it's like... Oh, honey, I, you know, I didn't, yeah, I, I know you were small, but I got you a different size. Like, it's just, it's. it's the, so, so I got a few things that are more like experiences than mm-hmm. actual gifts. So I felt bad just like giving a sheet of paper to someone because nobody wants just like a sheet of paper, right? Like you hand that over to someone, they're like, oh, this is cool. I'll get to do this in six months. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to put like little trinkets in it. And I put some thought into it. I wrapped it up. I even put a bow on it. And I've only done all this auto because I pulled my uh, like my lower back muscle about a week ago. So I've just been hanging out on my couch for a week. Oh. This this is what 30s like, right? This is from what I recall. <laughs> 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 oh, but anyway, those young and remind me of that. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't feel young at all right now. I have a heating pad on whatever. This is this is too much information for our audience. They don't need to know this, but. Long story short, because I was laid up on the couch all night, I got to watch some tremendous NBA basketball. We went 70 days without seeing the Lakers after they were crowned. We got to watch them in the clips last night. We got to watch the Warriors and the Nets. And the thing I walked away thinking from, Otto, there's a big gap between the Nets and the Warriors. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you, could, you, could fit, uh, you could fit a whole, the whole borough of Brooklyn between that. I mean, look, you know, KD looked like – I mean, he looked amazing. He just you – know, and you know, Kyrie, Kyrie was nice. I, it, it, that that team, you know, they stay healthy, and you know, Lord knows they 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 deserve a break. They they are they're going to make a serious run, and anybody coming for them is going to. I mean, I, the the best tweet I saw that summed it up perfectly last night came from Rustin Dodd of the Athletic, and I know we push a lot of the Athletic on here, but I, 
Hey, Rustin's a KU guy, so I will give him as much pub as possible. But he goes, the Nets look like a playoff team that added Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And that's what it was. This was a playoff team last year that played without Kyrie in the playoffs and without KD all last year due to his Achilles. And they look like a team that's hungry and ready to go. Yeah, you know, like every every now and again, it, you know, it just feels like the stars align for, for certain clubs, for certain guys. And just, you just had the feeling, like even before last night, you just had the feeling like, we were building toward this moment and, you know, this sprint of a season, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to me is to, for the teams that played deep last year, how they respond and whether they'll be able to keep pace when, you know, as we get into the Aprils and Mays, when those guys presumably will be still fresh and have stuff in the tank, whereas the guys who've been playing late or had a relatively you know, short off season are just, you just kind of wonder what that's going to look like. Before we touch on the train wreck that is the Houston Rockets, I wanted to give some love to the Lakers ring ceremony that they had last night. Uh, They've done a tremendous job with a lot of some tough ceremonies that they've had to deal with. You know, no fans in the building last night. Rings for everyone on that championship team. They chose not to unveil the banner so that maybe when fans are there, they can drop it. What did you think of watching the Lakers and the Clippers and their opening night game? Um, this felt like a Lakers team that was more focused on their ring ceremony than necessarily worrying about the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, game one, uh, especially given the short rest, I, look, I, I also got to say, I thought the, the, the move to decision to hold the banner uh, for when the fans come back was really classy. And, and uh, yeah. I think, it, I think it'll the little, little tiny thing, but it means a lot to, I think fans, cause they weren't able, obviously weren't able to experience any of that stuff. Um, but you know, the, the lake, I, I, I did not, if, if I was a Clippers fan, I probably would have moved pissed if they if they had lost but as as a guy who had rooted for the lakers i i you know, last season i, I didn't it, i wasn't really bothered to be honest with you i mean like no. you know it's just like okay they, they, you know they were just doing this two months ago and you know, clippers obviously had more to prove they had to make a statement paul george had to make a statement um you know if they had gotten run out of the building uh last night it, it just would have been a, a really just that much more weight on their shoulders too. Yeah. If, if Paul George is going to score 33 points on 18 shots, they got a chance, but I'm not convinced that Paul George is going to be able to still shoot the way he did last night this year because he didn't do it at all last year. So I'm going to need a bigger sample size before I'm oh, all in on the clips, you know? Um, but they looked good. Well, well, those two games are in the books. Everybody else kind of gets to take the floor over the next few days. One team that's going to have a little bit of a variance to their roster, the Houston Rockets. This has been a train wreck. Let's call it for what it is, Otto. This is awful. The way that this whole Harden situation has been handled, um, the way that it has been reported that he is not only taking his role with this team, but his off-the-court activities as well. I can't remember anything that's been just a worse PR stunt than this whole Rockets and Harden fiasco. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you could add to it to make it any worse would be if, I don't know, let's just say guys on the team had COVID. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they do. They do. <laughs> we have pulled into that station. It's like the, so the, the train wreck on top of a train wreck. So, yeah, so we, um, like, Houston is, is a club that, you know, for the last couple of years with this team that, okay, is this their year? Is this, their, this is not their year. <laughs> if you have Houston by short, you know, you get, you get out and, and find, a, find another squad. I mean, these guys, these guys are just, 
this is going to be a, a, a trigger. But, but is this a perfect example of what this season's going to be like for all these NBA teams? I, I mean, the Rockets had their training camp, right? Harden shows up late. Then all of a sudden someone pops a positive. Ben McElmore self-isolates, but then it infiltrates the rest of the team and you might not have five or six guys available tonight. This is what the NBA in 2021 is going to be, isn't it? Uh, this is what it's going to be like for some teams. Uh, sure. I mean, you know, to, to the extent that there was, a, you know, an implosion of sorts with the Clippers, you know, in the bubble. I mean, they, they were they were one team before the bubble and they got there. Then everyone decided, you know, well, not everybody. One guy decided he was going to, you know, sample Magic City and you know, all that Atlanta's nightlife has to offer. And then, you know, like then the wheels came off. Uh, so, but but yeah, I think some some clubs are going to are going to get bit by this. And I think the more disciplined clubs are going to be just fine. But I think, you know, a lot, like a lot has been said by James over the years, we're not going to be able to do a complete deep dive on on um, the exploits of Mr. James Harden at this point. But to, suffice to say that it, it is it it is not terribly out of characteristic, uh, out of character, I should say, for, for, uh, for him and the squad. Look, there's, there, there's a lot of people who don't know James Harden's character and don't know James Harden as a person. And the only instance of what they're getting to see of him is what's being reported right now. And it's a shame because you forget about the scoring titles, the MVP campaigns, all the good years in Houston, because you're so focused on the mess that's been the last month and a half with the Houston Rockets. And it's a shame. It's, it's a horrible ending to a club that tried everything they could in their power to build a successful winning team and it's in shambles right now yeah look, they, yeah no, they tried it they had and they had several bites at the apple and i feel like they they've they've they, they've made the college try several several seasons and for one reason or another it's just you know, it just it just didn't add up all right Otto. well later on in the show we're going to talk about our nba champion and mvp predictions but before we get to all that let's go ahead and talk about some interesting rookie scale extensions that were handed out earlier in the week all right, it is my pleasure to welcome on the one and only Josh Robbins of The Athletic. He covers the Orlando Magic. Josh, first off, thanks for taking the time and joining. It's it's a great time to talk to you, and it's good to catch up with you, my friend. Hey, happy to do it. Happy to do it. Thank you for asking me. It's appreciated, everybody. Well, I'll tell you what, this Magic team, I thought, did some really interesting things Um Towards the end of training camp, you know, rookie scale extensions had to be done. They did two of them, one of which went to Jonathan Isaac, the other of Markel Fultz. Can you kind of take us into the club's thinking on two extensions that I think some people would say do carry some risk with them? I agree. There are there is some risk with both extensions. But the club really thought that both Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are parts of their future, cornerstone players for their uh next three to four years and so these moves had to get done at some point either now or in restricted free agency and with a lot of teams having money this upcoming summer with a limited number of players it appears that the team didn't want to take uh, any sort of risk about them going to restricted free agency and possibly getting uh, big offers bigger offers than they receive. Josh do you think part of that is the concern that Initially, I think a lot of people thought this summer's free agent class was going to have a lot of stars. That's kind of dwindled over the course of the last few months. You mentioned restricted free agency. How concerned were they that if Fultz does have a big year, that he could have commanded a large offer sheet? I think, well, that's certainly a possibility that had to go into their thinking. Uh, 
I think also what went into their their calculus was that here are two players with whom they've the team has professed trust in, and sometimes in order to uh, prove that you mean what you say, you have to make a commitment, and that's the case I think in this case. Uh, both of the deals seem to be heavily uh, incentive laced uh, to reduce the amount of risk for the team. But I do think that they're making commitments to Markel Fultz, whose jumper is still below average uh, relative to others at his position, and certainly to Jonathan Isaac, who's going to miss the entire season. So if these extensions don't show trust and confidence in both players' futures, I don't know uh, what would have. Hey, Josh, uh, some of the sports editors are worth, worth Star Telegram, and one of my guys, Mac Engels, a column, general columnist, uh, wrote a piece today about uh, about Luca. Now that the uh, now that uh, Giannis has done his done his deal, uh, he seems to they feel like Luca is going to be the next guy that people are looking at. Obviously, he's not a free agent for a little while yet. But is there what's your take on on either him or or is there someone else on the on the horizon that becomes kind of the next up that everyone's looking at? Well, there always will be someone who's next up because our business rightfully so, is to try to anticipate what's going to happen next. Uh, Luka Doncic, I think it's going to be uh, a, a very clearly uh, a, the highest possible salaries offered to him when it's his time to uh, extend his rookie scale contract. I can't imagine that the Mavericks would ever fool around with that uh, or try to pinch pennies there. He, he's an MVP candidate, already is, going into year three. Uh, as long as he remains on this course, uh, the Mavericks are going to do whatever it takes financially to keep him. And I'm certain that the Mavericks will do that when the opportunity arises. Well, obviously that's a two-way street because uh, the team can offer, but uh, one of the one of the premises of the column was that uh, guys tend to bolt for the coasts. And so you could do as much as you can do, but in the end, you know, if a guy wants to to go Hollywood or learn to surf or just has a thing for New York pizza, there's nothing you can do to stop that. So I don't, I don't know if you could speak to, to that or you, from your perch, where, where, how you view the, the, this whole notion that, you know, guys are going to eventually bolt either for the left or right coast. Well, I think there's some legitimacy to that, to that notion that uh, people love playing in Los Angeles. They love living in Southern California. However, Let's just say the Mavericks and Doncic don't reach an extension deal. Well, they'd still be on track uh, after his fourth season for him to go to restricted free agency, in which case the Mavericks would have every opportunity to match whatever offer sheet he receives from anyone. And uh, even if it were the maximum possible salary uh, that a team could could offer, they could not offer a higher percentage in terms of annual raises as the Mavericks. So I would think that even without an extension, uh, it would be a, a pretty much, it would be a done deal. Uh, just my guess, I'm nowhere close to the situation, but uh, I think years five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine, oh, we'll, we'll continue that wedding, that marriage between Luca and, and Dallas. Now watch me get proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh, you are rarely ever wrong, my friend. Um, mm. but, but it's good to have you on the show and it's good to talk to you because there are very few people that have a grasp on what the magic are thinking and how they operate 
like you do. And you've covered this team for as long as, as I've known you. And the thing I keep coming back to with this club is it feels like every time they take a step or two forward, something brings them back to reality. And what I'm talking about here is Nick Vucevic has an all-star campaign two years ago, follows it up with a great season last year. Terrence Ross has an above average year, gets the big deal, and then kind of falls off a little bit last year. This team, it seems like the nucleus, whether it's Vucevic, Fournier, Ross, it almost feels like those three players as a whole have reached their ceiling. And then when you don't have Isaac this year, it complicates what they can do in an Eastern Conference that has gotten substantially more competitive. When the front office put this team together, and granted they did it on a very short notice and a very tight window for how things unfolded with the bubble, free agency, the draft, what is their prospects for this club? Do they think this is a playoff team as constructed without Isaac? They think it certainly can be a playoff team, uh, a team that could, it, certainly the expectations right now from outside are that they finish ninth and 10th and wind up in the play-in tournament. Well, certainly I think the Magic believe that they could finish eighth or higher. I don't think that's, uh, I'm breaking any news there. Uh, they have faith in, in what will occur, but you bring up the Jonathan Isaac injury, that was like uh, an absolute balloon bursting. Uh, the team was on an upward trajectory right there very much early in the bubble. And then in the, their second regular season game, they lose J.I. And I still don't think the franchise has recovered from that disappointment. Doesn't mean it's going to steep into their play on the floor, but they lose one of the key players in their nucleus, uh, who the person who arguably is their best defender already. And one of the two most important young guys. Uh, you don't recover from that until J.I. steps on the court and remains healthy. I don't think you recover from that. So, so losing him for the year uh, is a is a problem. There's no question. No question about it. Well, and, and, I, and I think that the proper follow-up is this front office has really – been comfortable with drafting players that have an injury history, right? Markel Fultz with a thoracic outlet syndrome, Jonathan Isaac with whether it's a knee, an ankle, um, a, a leg issue throughout his first three years in the league, Chuma Okiki drop, drafting him with an ACL tear. At, at what point does the front office start to be concerned that, you know, they're almost four years into this regime and they're basically in the same place that they were when these two took over, at what point does ownership, does the front office, I mean, it's not a referendum on them because injuries are a part of the game and you can't help it when a player like J.I. goes down. But at some point, they need to start changing their calculus, don't they? Perhaps. Uh, they, the team is not in the same spot where it was when they were hired. Uh, that team was a, a 25-win team, if I remember correctly, certainly out of the playoffs. Uh, their first year team lost. If, if anything, uh, it gets back to a question Otto raised. Uh, did they do enough to tank that first year in order to uh, be able to draft high enough to get Luka Doncic? The argument is probably no, almost certainly not. The thought always has been is that they would get the best young players that they could through the draft or in Markel's case, a trade and see them progress. And Mo Bamba has had terrible fortune throughout his career so far. Jonathan Isaac has had worse than terrible fortune 
for almost his, the entirety of his career so far. And that slows and hinders the amount of internal improvement that the team can make. It's a problem. There's no getting around it. It's it's not, they're not, the future probably is not as bright as they would want it to be. That's, that's obvious. Uh, and I think uh, that's one of the ways that the, the J.I. injury hurts them severely and why this upcoming season for Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, and eventually uh, Mo Bamba is so important. Hey Josh, I want to switch it up for just a little bit. So uh, we've obviously seen, for those people who, who cover sports, watch sports, and, and have a kind of a, a deeper uh, relationship with, with sports, uh, we were in locker rooms. We, we talked to guys where there was a certain cadence to how things worked. And that's been you know, obviously been blown apart since mid-March. And I'm just so I'm just kind of curious how uh, kind of where we go from here and how you as a writer have, you know, how you had to reset uh, your own kind of expectations about, you know, getting interviews and getting content and, and what it has been like and what you may feel like it might be like going forward for this season. So one of my problems in a form like this is that I tend to ramble. So I'll try to be and give this is a, a raw nerve with me because I have a role with the Pro Basketball Writers Association. Just for the basketball world and for sport, all pro sports, the pandemic has totally changed the way uh, reporters interact with the people they cover. Just, it has. You can't do a face-to-face -face interview anymore, anymore. It's not unreasonable that the locker rooms for now are closed. Just like it wouldn't be unreasonable that someone would be reluctant to go eat inside a, a tight, restaurant. Uh, so what the sports leagues are doing, it's not unreasonable. That said, and, and I can only speak to what the PBWA has heard from the league itself, we've, see, we've received as explicit as possible assurances that once the pandemic clears, uh, we'll return to the normal access formats. And the, the access formats are the best possible ways to uh, get nuanced, differentiated, accurate, and fair coverage. I think one thing that people forget in the public is that one of the many benefits to the regular access system is that it keeps reporters accountable to the players themselves. And it also enables both parties, players, coaches, executives on one side, and the reporters on the other, to get to know each other to a degree as human beings, which creates a, a, a respectful working relationship and benefits everybody. But most importantly, it benefits the fans who are the lifeblood of all these sports. I'm on a soapbox. I'm gonna try and step off my soapbox. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna Thank you for asking there. the question. I wanna keep you on there for just another second. So, so, uh, the league is, from what I what I believe I just heard, the league is going to return things to normal when it can do so. And so the question then becomes, and I realize no one really has the answer to this, but you know, what 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 might that look like? Is that 100% um, the league vaccinated? Is that all reporters vaccinated? Is do you get do you get a sense that they are working on what that might look like, and that might come at some point during the season? Well, that would certainly be the best case scenario that vaccinations are are available to everyone involved and by everyone i mean everybody who's not involved in sports in in any card i mean uh i mean everybody who's a citizen of this country and, and the globe uh 
Uh, now, I'm no epidemiologist. Uh, I'm not an expert on the number of vaccines that are available, but from the reporting that I've just seen and read, it does not seem to me at the moment that all of our country uh, will be able to be vaccinated by the end of, say, May. I hope I'm wrong. Lord knows I hope I'm 100% wrong. Uh, so that complicates things. It, I, I wish I could provide you a definitive end date, um, not just, of course, for coverage, and I, I know you feel the same way, but for even the bigger picture. Uh, you know, our, we gotta protect our, we gotta protect people as yep. a country. And I just hope to God that it happens sooner than later for everyone's sake. Forget about the sports for the moment, but believe me, the question you ask, Otto, I ask myself every morning, every afternoon, every evening. How do you, how do you feel personally about, about your experiences? And do you feel any uh, concern? And I've spoken to writers who, I'm not gonna name names, but there are some writers who have begged off of assignments because they felt that a certain situation was just not worth the risk for themselves. I couldn't go to the Magic preseason games because I had a flat tire and I didn't want to drive around in a pandemic with just my spare on yeah. uh, in case that blew or in one of the other tires blew. Uh, I'm going to go tonight. Uh, I'll be very interested to see what the lay of the land is um, and I'll make a decision from there. I will have an answer in, in probably nine hours from now. Nine hours from now. Uh, but for now, and I think the situation with regard to the Magic is different because they are one of only six teams that will have fans in the building. I would certainly feel more at ease uh, if there weren't going to be 2,000 fans in the building tonight. Uh, but let's see. Maybe I'll go there and see that every single person is, is wearing a mask. Um, time will tell, as they say. Sorry to use the cliche. I know you're I know you're on guard for cliches as an editor. I just use one, unfortunately. So good. Josh, that was tremendous. Real quick before we let you go, we, we know that you have a heart out. What is what does a successful season for the Magic look like? Is it that nine or ten seed? Is it Markel Fultz shooting above 35% from three? What would this front office consider a successful campaign? Well, I could speculate what they would think, but what they should think is nuanced. A, either making the playoffs solidly as a as a seventh and eighth seed passing through the play-in tournament, or better, which I think is unlikely. I think a sixth seed is unlikely. And their young guys, particularly the people I mentioned earlier, Markel Fultz, Mo Bamba, Cole Anthony, Trumo, Kiki, uh, make progress throughout the season. And if Markel can shoot 35% or better, I think it would be a, a, a joyous moment over at the arena for them. Or, now, what would be a success? Now, what happens if the season starts poorly? What do they do then? Do they still try and win? Perhaps it could be a blessing in disguise if the team starts out poorly, the team subtly tanks, and then somehow gets the first or second pick in a, in a super loaded draft and, and winds up with the next Luka Doncic, if there is another Luka in this draft. Uh, so success... Uh, may come in one of two forms. 
Josh, I can tell you from experience that you just spoke into existence every Magic fan's dream, <laughs> what they've been hoping for the last few years. But Josh, we appreciate you for your time. We appreciate you for hopping on here. And we love getting some Magic insight and hearing about what this front office is thinking. Well, it's my pleasure. And this human interaction is a joy uh, to be able to see people and speak to them face to face. So if you have any other questions, I'm around. I'm just begging for more questions. Oh, we're going to have you back on once the season gets underway. But Josh, thanks so much. Hey, it's my pleasure. So I'm channeling my inner Aaron Berlin, and I'm just thrilled because we got to talk about the magic. So <laughs> it's but, it's the best subject, right? It's it, truly magical. Is is there is there another one outside of KU basketball? But <laughs> put it to the side. So we're one day into NBA action, and it only feels right that we start talking about the end of the season. So who is on your list for MVP and your finals matchup, and obviously Victor? Well, Otto, it's only natural to have a complete overreaction after watching one NBA basketball game. I couldn't have been more impressed with what we saw from Kevin Durant last night. I know that he looked good in the preseason and people were breaking down everything that he was doing. He looked about, if not 100%, damn near close last night. The way he was moving, the way he was jumping, he looked like him old self. And that combination, if there's not some kind of struggle for power in Brooklyn between Kyrie and KD, that is a dangerous duo. And their complementary parts worked so well last night that I would not be surprised at all if the Nets come out of the Eastern Conference. I'm not willing to say that they're going to win an NBA title, but I was very impressed. And with that, I'll say that Kevin Durant's going to be the MVP this year, that he is going to carry that team, that he is going to push them to an Eastern Conference champion, but the MVP will lose in the NBA Finals to the reigning NBA champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think what they have done with their free agent moves, with bringing in Harrell, another year of the King, I think he's going to showcase AD a little bit more, and we're going to see more Anthony Davis in the regular season this year than maybe LeBron, that they're just too powerful and they're too much for any other NBA club. See, I, I definitely want to agree with you there because, look, I, I, you know, in my heart, I'd love to see the Lakers do it, uh, you know, again and get that get that back to back and all that. But at the same time, and I know we're one game in, so we're going to do the, you know, we're going to do the, the crazy reaction here. I, I can't help but think that the new look Clippers with Tyron Lue. I mean, they these guys have got something to prove. If anybody ever did, it's it's this collection of folks. I, I think the way that Paul George went out uh, last last season and the whole squad. I just think that they can't have that go down again. And so, you know, you know, we, we remember they, they played really, really solid and were, were really, really tough team until they got to the bubble. And so I kind of see them yeah. recreating that. Um, and I just wonder if the Lakers are going to have enough in the tank. So for that reason, I've got the Clippers coming out of the West. Um, so we're still in LA. We're just, we're just switching locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> just going uh, down the hallway. Don't going down the hall and, for, and, and they will face the Nets. Uh, it, 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 clearly Brooklyn is, it, I, I just don't see anybody beating them four out of seven, you know, you know, come, come, come the spring, uh, you know, obviously you know, injuries would, would, would suck, but you know, KD and Kyrie, this, that, that combination with, with all of the complementary parts is just, it's just going to be too tough. And, um, 
So Nets Clippers, I, I would ha I'd have to say I'd have to say Nets, you know, Nets in the finals, you know, over those two. And as far as MVP, so I'm going to be that guy. I, I always I always chew out the the, the guys who are the homers, but I th I think that Luca, I think this is third year. This is going to be his year. Uh, he's and he's going to make people people who might have been paying attention last year are really going to sit up and take notice at just how much he is able to do. He's going to have this team in the playoffs, a solid playoff team, you know, with or without Porzingis, presumably with. So that's what I got. I'm calling you a homer. Homer, you're riding that Mavs train. The fact that you've been in Fort Worth all this time, it's getting to you, man. It's clouding your judgment. I, you know, no, no, no. That's, that, that's a good pick. That's yeah, about yeah. as... That's about as solid of an MVP pick if you're not going with a former MVP that you could make. I've been there so long. You cut me a bleed sauce, man. It's just. It's... <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, um, hey, uh, we appreciate everybody for listening to uh, this edition of Catch Issue 2.0. Uh, we are excited to have the NBA back. We know that you are too. Uh, we want to thank all of the people who uh, work on this show, not just. Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, around the year, but holiday time, so it's kind of a, uh, I guess, another show before the end of the year. But but as a, but as a holiday, uh, uh, you know, uh, acknowledgement, we wanted to thank our man in the chair, uh, as I like to say, Scott Turkin, uh, our our big boss producer uh, Bruce Bernstein, as well as our outstanding editor Tom Phillip. And Pure Hoops Media is bringing everybody the biggest present this week. We had the logo himself, Otto. Jerry West joined the one and only Dave Wall on our newest podcast, Dave's Front Office. We've had Dave on here a handful of times, catch and shoot. Going to have some great conversations on that. So you want to make sure that you subscribe to his latest podcast. It's Dave's Front Office. You can catch part one of two with the logo himself, Jerry West. As for our other shows, how about this, Otto? Mike Wise is celebrating his 100th show next week. He's had a lot of good conversations. If you haven't, go back through that feed. You're going to drop some NBA knowledge there. As for our other shows, Full Court with Kara Kay and Jenny Fisher is underway. They were talking some Kentucky hoops this week. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks will drop on Thursday with Monica McNutt and King McClure. And just a reminder, you always get your NBA news and nuggets right here on Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and myself. And as always, we close out the week with a Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. But just a reminder, guys, if you guys enjoy what we are doing here on Pure Hoops Media, make sure you give us some love, whether it's on social or by hitting that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Hey, and everybody, look, the vaccines are with us if you've been paying attention to the news, but you also know that coronavirus is still with us. And unfortunately, it's planning uh, the lives and health and, and, and economics of far too many people and families across our country. So please do your part, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, please stay safe and have a happy holidays. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.